Welcome to Uncontained, episode 81. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render. Before we hop into the show, I would like to send my thoughts out and best wishes to all of those who are caught up in Hurricane Harvey or have family members that are down dealing with that. It's a devastating thing, and I hope that the city of Houston can start with recovery soon. And if you're listening and want to help out, there's lots of uh, great places you can go to donate some money, including St. Jude's, the Red Cross, and numerous other organizations that help with disaster relief. And even Houston Texans player J.J. Watt has started up a relief fund. Once again, my thoughts are with all of you involved in uh, Hurricane Harvey, and uh, hopefully this show can help distract you. I have a rapper out of Compton today, he goes by the name of Nandez, and he strives to bring positivity and prestige to his hometown of Compton. It's kind of fitting that on the day that I talked to him, to record this conversation happened to be the 44th birthday of hip-hop and rap music so um very fitting very cool guy he has a uh, new cd coming out called fit f-i-t into social media theory and that's facebook instagram and twitter for those of you who aren't in the know talk a little bit about how rap music has grown over the years to become more popular than rock music and i give my opinion on why that happens but he was cool enough to give me a song to play at the beginning of the episode this is good day part one mood music off of his upcoming cd fit into social media theory right here on uncontained Saying, all up in that, I might go super saying. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. Your boy's here, and now I'm not playing. Yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on. And I'll be honest with my audience, this is the second time we've tried to talk, or like the first time I had technical issues on another show. So yeah. thank you for being flexible and rescheduling with me. Oh, yeah, it's no problem. You know, I'm happy to be here. You know, it's uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a while since I saw your post in that Gigs LA post, in that uh, Gigs LA form, I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's been a really great forum on Facebook, and if you guys are interested in getting into the entertainment business and making some connections, that might be a good place to check out. It's full of people who are striving to do something creative. Yeah, most definitely, it really is. It's a good, you know, I've had a few opportunities off of there, so yeah, they should definitely go check it out. Yeah, yeah, so um there's our plug for our facebook group uh (laughs) so you started rapping at the age of 11 is that correct yeah that's correct i started rapping because i just wanted to be like my big cousin my cousin was rapping so you know i just decided to try my hand at it although i didn't really get serious with it until i was about 18 Okay, so what made you decide to get serious about rapping? Um, You know, I just always had a fascination with, you know, the effects that words have on people's, I guess you could say, like mood. Like, it's crazy. Music can, you know, make you happy. It can make you sad. It can make you mad. It can give you introspective, if that's even a word. So I just, I just, you know, developed like a major fascination for that. And I started to see how my words could, you know, affect the people around me. So, you know, I just, that's really my main inspiration for getting into music initially. All right. So how did that evolve over time? Because you said initially, so it means it changed some. Over time, I just started to see within like hip hop music how much you know your music really has an effect on like people's minds and you know it's it's really influential so as time went on i started to see music less as you know a tool to just kind of like not necessarily 
control people's emotions, but I just I started to see it as a tool to help change the world in a way, I guess you could say. Cool. And it's kind of interesting that we are actually talking today because according to Google, like today is the 44th anniversary of like, is it the breakbeat or? Yeah, it's hip hop day. Is it just of hip hop? I believe so. Um, I don't know if it's national, but from what I've seen on Facebook, today's hip hop day. So, you know, it was probably written in the stars for this to happen today as opposed to back in May or June or whenever. Yeah, so I'm looking at Google right now, and yeah, and I didn't even realize it. Obviously, it was the 44th anniversary of hip hop when we rescheduled for today, but it does say 44th anniversary of the birth of hip hop today. So crazy! It's a mainstay now. It recently was named uh, more popular than rock like a couple weeks ago, so now it's like the most popular form of music. I can actually, you know, see that and understand that partially because it seems like all of the quote-unquote rock star rock star persona has actually moved more towards hip-hop for a long time it may be coming back a little bit in rock but you know starting with the grunge days it wasn't cool to be the rock star anymore you know like going out like flaunting what you have people would see that back in the day and even in the hair metal days and be like dude i want to be like that guy he gets like all the chicks and now that has yeah. kind of moved over to hip-hop so the rock star persona is more there yeah that's very true so you know it's um they're all interconnected in some forms in some type of ways you know so i mean music is music you know it's all vibrations so you know it's all good do you listen to other forms of music than hip-hop oh yeah i listen to country i listen to rock i listen to um jazz i basically listen to anything like just basically based on how i'm feeling that's so you know some days you know i might listen to taylor swift and then some days I might listen to Wu-Tang Clan, you know, or some days I might listen to Blink-182 or, you know, Papa Roach or, you know, just anybody, really. All right. I got a question for you, though. Being in Compton, listening to Taylor Swift, do you get some weird <laughs> looks? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I do, man. But at the end of the day, like I tell people, man, it's just music. It's art. You know what I mean? And, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, her and her writing team, like, they write some amazing songs. And, you know, that's what I listen for. Like, I listen for lyrics. I listen for song structure. You know, it's just, it's art, really. So, I'm pretty sure I do, though. <laughs> I, I probably can't roll up to Compton College bumping, you know, 1989 without seeing something. You know, <laughs> They'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? Did he get lost? Um... <laughs> okay, so... On your profile, on your um, on your press kit, it says that uh, you want to bring positive awareness and prestige back to the city that you love through uh, thought-provoking yet fun music. Like, how do you feel that uh, your music is accomplishing that? Um, you know, my music is bringing knowledge that may not really be readily available. Or, I mean, it is readily available, but I'm not so sure it is, like, really spoken about. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, I have a song called The Talented Tenth, and it's talking about 
WEB Du Bois' stance on, you know, the Talented Ten as far as education went back in the 1800s versus Frederick Douglass' stance on what he felt education should be about back in the 1800s. And, um, you know, things like that, they don't really get discussed as much where I'm from. You know, like I never really learned about it until I got to college. I never learned about it in high school or anything like that. And it's not really spoken about within hip-hop music or, well, I should say popular hip-hop music. Okay. I just feel like, you know, by making music that's not trendy, but music that's, you know, catchy, but at the same time, you know, uh, educational could help bring back some of the prestige back to Compton and back to hip hop. Okay, so for people like actually I don't know this necessarily, the talented tenth versus uh um Frederick Douglass's take on education, what is the difference and is that too big of a fish to fry for this podcast? Or can you uh, just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I can condense it a little bit. So basically Frederick Douglass felt that Back in those days, you know, African-Americans, minorities, they should go to school to learn industrialized trades, you know, like go to school to like be carpenters and welders and, you know, things like that to help, you know, better advance a sport or whatever. And W.E.B. Du Bois, he disagreed with that and came up with an ideology called the Talented Tenth which was basically saying, like, no, like, you know, they shouldn't go to school just for that. That shouldn't be their ceiling. They should go to school, you know, to be doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. And he believed that, you know, there was a special 10%. I mean, obviously there's more, but he believed there was a special 10% that, you know, would be destined for greatness in that aspect. So, you know, they kind of, you know, back in those days, they had a disagreement about that. And for me, the way I tied it back into myself, was, you know, I just feel like I'm a part of that 10% that can bring, you know, insurmountable change to not only Compton, but, you know, hopefully the way people see rappers or, you know, young African-American men and women and minorities in general. So, yeah, that's really what it was about. All right, cool. I actually learned something today because I didn't know any of that. But thank you for being the teacher here. And no problem. <laughs> you know, and some of the stuff that some people take for granted that other people should know is just not fed to you necessarily on the internet all the time, like where people are. So, you know, yeah, it's yeah. good to it I enjoy learning new things. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, it's true what they say. If you don't know your history or if you don't know history, then you're doomed to repeat it. And information is out here for everybody to find. You know, you just have to want to find it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's so. I mean, some people might only find their information within music. So as somebody who has a broad reach, not talking about myself, because I don't have that broad of a reach yet, but you know, like the bigger your platform gets, the more responsibility you have to, you know, shaping other people's minds and views and mentalities, whether you want to believe it or not. So for me, I just made the conscious effort to just, you know, try my best to do the most positive thing that I can because, you know, the world is 
already negative enough. Why, you know, perpetuate? You could say that again, man. Um, <laughs> I I have a question for you. Being in hip hop and rap, and being a positive rapper, um, not not to just dwell on the positive rapper thing, but is it? Do you find pressure? to not be so positive in your rap are people like uh it's cooler to be rapping about uh the bitches and hoes and the gangster rap and stuff like that do you find do you find pressure from other artists to not be as positive um here and there you know here and there that comes up just because that's the part of the culture especially in hip-hop you know that's pretty much I'd say probably like the last 20 years, that's what's been part of the culture. So, I mean, here and there, I get the pressure. Here and there, people, you know, tell me I need to do this. I need to make a more, you know, turn up party friendly, like ratchet record for the girls to twerk to and all that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't know, man. I think at this age that I'm at now, I'm 26. I think at this age I'm at now and the mindset that I have, you know, it's not like people can't influence me as easily as they might have when I was 18, you know, which is why in a way, like I've been doing it for so long and it still hasn't popped off the way I would have liked it to. But I have to sit back and ask myself, would I have been ready for it had it popped off earlier than, you know, now or in the future? So, yeah, I get pressure here and there, but. It don't stop the train. I keep doing what I do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. So it's all good. And, you know, that's that's solid right there that you were able to, like, hold your ground and be like, no, I don't want to do that other style of rap. I want to do my thing, whether or not it is gaining traction or not, and staying true to yourself. Much yeah, exactly. credit on that one, man. I appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, even making a proclamation to be positive or making the decision to be positive, you know, it comes with its shares of pros and cons and pitfalls. Because, I mean, not everybody wants to hear, you know, the positivity. Not everybody wants to hear education when they listen to the music. Not everybody wants to hear that. You know, some people just want to have mindless music. Like, you know, as that's, that's what I call it. Like, some people just want to have mindless music that they can just listen to and vibe to, which is cool as well. But... You know, God put everybody on this earth for a specific purpose. You know, like he may have put you on this earth in this position at this very present time, August 11, 2017, you know, to do your podcast thing and, you know, reach people that way. And, you know, that's that's what you're doing. You're doing your purpose. So for me, at this point in time right now, my purpose is not to do all the stuff everybody else is doing and, you know, just fulfill that prophecy i guess you could say all right perfect man so uh speaking of fulfilling the prophecy you actually have a new album coming out it's uh titled fit into social media theory and yes sir i'm guessing that the fit stands for facebook instagram and twitter yes sir all right. So, what inspired your new CD? And uh, tell us a little bit about what's gone into the recording process. Okay. So basically, it's called "Fit into the Social Media Theory" because, you know, within this generation we're in right now, Facebook, 
Instagram and Twitter basically run the world. You can't do anything without Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. There's literally <laughs> businesses that only exist on Instagram. You know what I mean? And that's how some people are making their living. That's how some people are feeding their families. You know, some people are bringing in six figures just off of Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So basically, you know, I started noticing just how important those uh, social media sites are. Because I remember when I was in high school, you know, we had MySpace and stuff like that. But it wasn't, it was big, but it wasn't like a juggernaut, like how these three social media uh, platforms are. And they're the most mainstay platforms that we have. Like, despite everything else that's come out, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have been around almost 10 years, you know, without, you know, having any real competition yeah. that can knock them down. So I just basically, you know, looking at that and looking at how, important it is to people's lives decided to do a project that basically examines our ends of the spectrum you know the positives of it the negatives of it how relationships can form from it and you know i just found that it's been a very introspective time in my life doing this project just because, you know, I didn't realize how important it really is until I really, you know, delve into it and started talking to people about it. So, yeah, that was really the motivation for making the project. It's insane how much time spend on Twitter, especially when you're Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the whole fit. Uh, Especially when you're trying to promote something, you know, I've, I've searched it mindlessly for hours before without any goal in mind, except for seeing what people are up to killing time. But when you have like a podcast or a new album to promote, you're constantly on there, like trying to interact with people and promote what you got going on. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, I have a love-hate relationship with social media because, you know, in a lot of ways, social media can really take over your mind and, you know, can really influence how you think and how you feel. Like, think about, think about the election. How much of what was posted on Facebook do you think influenced people to either be against Trump or for Trump? You know what I mean? And a lot of those things are fake. A lot of them are made up. Yeah, because it's on Facebook, we instantly give it credibility. We share links, we read links, you know. In casual conversation, we bring up what we saw on Facebook, and like you know that type of stuff, like it really starts to shape your mind and your mentality, and you know what you believe. So, yeah, it's crazy. So, for me, you know, I've had periods of time where I had to you know, get off of Instagram for a month or two or get off of Twitter for a month or two just so that I could, you know, take back the control of my mind that social media, you know, kind of had a hold on. And the the grip is so tight, like people can literally, you know, not be able to check their Facebook for like two or three hours and go crazy because, you know, they feel like (laughs) they don't want to miss what's going on. Exactly. And, you know, the, 
it is consuming, but it also has some good things, too. Like, uh, I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm able to kind of keep in touch and uh, keep up to date with what my friends are doing back home and family back home. But then, yeah, you have all, like, the political crap that's out there and all sorts of crap on uh, Facebook that can yeah. just drive you nuts. But on the flip side of that, you know, the positives, like you were saying, you know, it does allow you to have a global reach that the generation before us might not have had. You know, back in the 90s, if you wasn't, you know, affiliated with a major network or a major radio station, like how many people would probably know about this podcast, you know, Uncontained? Or how many um, people would know about, you know, my projects that I have coming out? Or will we have even connected you know, probably not. So that's the positives that social media has. So it's like a double-edged sword, in my opinion. Oh, it is, definitely. But yeah, it is really cool. Because of Facebook, I can reach across the world. Like, I've gotten listens in Australia, Germany, Sweden. Um, oh, that's dope, man. And I've even had some in uh, the Middle East. I'm guessing it's soldiers on base somewhere listening. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> Not people that don't speak English, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Uh, yeah, even like South Africa and Hungary, and like it's it's ridiculous how far the reach is. Granted, I don't have a ton of plays there, but it'd be interesting to hear from the people who are listening in those far away locations just to see how they heard about the show and you know when they listen to it and what they get out of it. You'll be surprised how Google and the search engine optimize their SEO and all that. Like, you'll be surprised, like, what would show up, you know, just from searching certain words. You know, I've searched in Google and got results back from, like, London and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to buy shoes out here. Like, what am, what am I going to do with, you know, a shoe store in London or whatever? <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy, man. And you know what it is, though? In a lot of those different places, because America is such a, a worldwide leader in a lot of things, you know, they consume and they're very interested with American culture. So being that, you know, you're an American podcast based out of, you're based out of uh, California, right? Yeah, I'm up in the Bay Area. Okay, yeah. You know, so being that you're in the Bay Area and, um, you know, which is a very big metropolitan area that a lot of people pay attention to, much like L.A. Yeah. You know, it, it would only make sense that, you know, people in Africa or people in London or the Middle East would want to connect and, you know, learn a little bit of, you know, what we have going on out here. Yeah, dude, it's really cool. It's really cool. But I think I got us sidetracked a little bit uh, just oh, yeah, talking thought, about yeah. social media. Uh, let's talk about your your album. And uh, you have two singles coming up off of that, correct? Yes, sir. Relationship status and for a light. What goes into these tracks? I know they both have to do with uh, social media in a way. Yes, sir. So relationship status is, you know being in relationships, like, on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever, whichever social media you're on. Like, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but 
you know, when you're in a relationship, if you don't change that status on Facebook from single to in a relationship or married or whatever, like it can become like a huge problem. Oh, yeah. It, it's super important that the world know that you're in a relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, for real. So, you know, when I, you know, when I started noticing that, I was like, OK, like, how can I make a song that, you know, is catchy and, you know, it can be somewhat of like a not pickup type of song, but like a romantic song in a way, you know, just letting somebody know, like, you know, I care about you so much. I want to be with you so much that I'm willing to let the world know through changing yours and my relationship status on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Shout it so, from the top of the interwebs. From the top of them. <laughs> and never change. <laughs> you know, once you change your relationship status on Facebook, everybody knows. It's like a status. Such and such just went from single to in a relationship. I know. They let everybody know that. And then when you go from in a relationship to out of a relationship, they let everybody know, too. And then uh, you have uh, your second single. For a light is basically just talking about in the song i used the example of like a female you know posting um you know not nude pictures but like revealing pictures and stuff like that just to get likes on social media because once again like likes is like a form of validation that you're doing something right so you know some people take it to the extreme and you know really put a high value on likes and shares and you know retweets and you know everything like that so that's what that song is about although there's many different things people do for likes like i mean i don't know if you've uh seen like the facebook posts where you know people will feed the homeless which is a very like noble and very great thing to do but they'll film it and throw it up on Facebook with like a sentimental caption. Like I saw this person doing this and I just wanted to brighten their day and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, although it's a, you know, very nice thing to do, like putting it up on Facebook with these captions and these shares and all of that, like it kind of, you know, like you could tell, like you want the validation of people to say like, Oh, you really are nice and stuff like that. You know, yeah, so. definitely, definitely. You do it. You do it for your own gain in a way. One, so you feel better about yourself, and two, so other people will see you as a better person as well. Yeah. So you know, that's what that song is basically about. And I mean, it's not all bad. You know, just like everything with social media, it just depends on the end of the spectrum that you're looking at. But um, you know, in that song, I'm just basically telling like the young ladies that. You know, you don't have to do what you see, like, the Kardashians and all them doing. I hate to use them as an example, but that's the, those are the, you know, the most popular females that came to mind, you know. It's that a standard might, right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to be like Kylie and Kim and all of them, you know, um, just for likes, you know, just be you and, you know, do what you do, you know what I mean? If if that's what you want to do, then, hey, by all means, do what you want to do. Exactly, but, exactly. Like you, man, sticking with the positive message instead of changing your style to maybe get a few more likes, a few more fans, sticking to the vision that you had for yourself. 
you know, it could be kind of hard to stick to your guns and, you know, stay true to yourself amidst, you know, everything that the world's telling you you should do or you should be. But at the end of the day, you only have to please two people. You got to please yourself and you got to be able to live with yourself and the choices that you make. And you got to please God. So, you know, as long as you please yourself and God, you know, that's all that counts. Right on. So um, where can people uh, get your EP when uh, you're saying you're dropping the rest of the project here in in just a little while? Yeah, it's going to drop on September 11th. That's my birthday as well. And um, it's going to be available on all streaming platforms. But the best way to keep in contact or, you know, really know where to find it will probably be on my Twitter. My Twitter is Nandez Music, N-A-N-D-E-S Music. All spelled like the right way. It's not like M-U-S-I-K or nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm going to throw it on everything. Spotify, Apple Music, um, SoundCloud, YouTube, Bandcamp, you know, everywhere music is consumed. There you go. Got to get it out uh, as many ways as possible. Um, So what advice do you have for people who are looking to get started out in in hip-hop, Nandez? You know what, man? As far as starting out in hip-hop, you just have to, you know, start. Like, for me, I was so scared to take my rhymes from paper to the studio that I didn't start recording. I started writing at 18. I didn't start recording until I was, like, 20. You know, just scared of, you know, how it would sound or, you know, I was just nervous about it. So for people who want to start out in hip-hop, man, you just got to start. You just got to, you know, hit the ground running, jump out that plane and just you know, make it happen. Because if there's one thing that I've learned is that time's not going to stop for you. So you just got to, you know, do your thing. All right, great, great. So just get out there and do it. What was it that finally pushed you over the edge from uh, being scared to go into the studio and actually record it to taking it from the paper and putting it on tape? I just got tired of people asking me when I was going to put something out, <laughs> to be honest. It's like, you know, everybody knew that I rap, and they would always ask me, like, yeah, so when are you going to put a song out? When is this going to come out? When is that going to come out? When are you going to record this? And, you know, it just got to the point where I just got tired of it. I was like, man, you know what? Let me just go record this real quick. <laughs> it's as bad as I thought it would be. Right. Uh, were you able to perform before you could record? Uh, not my own music. I was doing, like, karaoke nights and stuff like that, but uh, as far as my own music, nah, I was just writing. Like, I had notebooks on top of notebooks on top of notebooks of just lyrics and song ideas and poems and, you know, just, you know, things like that. So once I started recording, that's when everything else really fell into place and everything just started going full circle. Awesome. Great. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, what are you doing to promote yourself? Well, as far as promotion goes, 
you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, you know, just trying my best to connect with the people. That's the hardest thing, I think, is, you know, just like finding that common ground to connect with people. But it's so important to be social and, you know, talk and connect. You know, when people message you, messaging them back and stuff like that, like that's so important. And it really does do a lot for your brand or whatever. So, you know, that's one thing I'm doing to promote myself. And, you know, I'm out in the streets. You know, I'm at these open mic nights. I'm at these shows. I'm at, you know, these concerts. And uh, out in L.A., we have a lot of different, like, creative meetup type events where, like, a bunch of creatives just get together, whether they, you know, do music or they're actors or actresses or poets or artists or whatever, producers, whatever. You know, they all together and you know we all just network so you know i'm just really working on my network because as they say that determines your net worth <laughs> very true yeah i mean it's just staying social within the social media spectrum which you know sometimes can be hard but it's very necessary to do it yes yeah, so what would you say is a highlight of your career a highlight of my career so far. Um, last summer I opened up a baby bash in Long Beach, so that was a pretty good night. That was the highlight of my career. Right on, awesome. So how'd that go? What 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 was it like? Was there a huge crowd? Yeah, it was probably like 200, 250, 200, 250 people. So, you know, that was the biggest crowd I had performed for thus far at that point. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I don't know, it was like a an electric atmosphere in a way. Because, you know, Baby Bash brings out all the ladies. So, you know, songs like Relationship Status worked in that setting. You know, just, <laughs> and I imagine the For a Like worked as well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> It was like one of those things where, like, the whole performance, everything just came natural. Like, you don't think. You're just reacting. You're just reacting. And, you know, 25 minutes, you know, a 20, 25 minute set feels like, you know, five minutes. Like, that's how much fun it was. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That was right on that. That that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Uh, have you had any other big shows since? Um, yeah, I've done a lot of shows in the LA area. Um, I'm actually in the process of putting together my first headlining show with uh, this production company called Genji Production and Entertainment. Okay. Oh, so, you know we're gonna be setting up some headlining shows for me in the LA area. So just follow me on these social media platforms. So when I put the word out, you'll be in the know. All right. All right. And you'll have to let me know and I'll, uh, I'll blast it out over, uh, uncontained social media as well. Um, I appreciate that brother. Yeah, no problem, man. I like, I like to help show a little support when I can. I got a couple more questions for you before we wrap up the show here. What do you want your audience to take away and remember when they see you perform? 
I just want my audience to know that Nandez gave his all. Like, he didn't leave anything on the stage when you see me perform. Because I understand that, you know, people are taking the time out of their day or out of their night to, you know, come support you and your dreams. So the least that you could do is, you know, do everything in your power to let them know that you appreciate them. It's been times where I've gotten off stage, like, dripping, pouring with sweat, can't talk for like 15 minutes, you know, because I was going so hard with my music, you know. So, yeah, I just want people to take away that, you know, I really care about the fans and, you know, I give my all for them. Right. You made a very great point in there for, like, the people who took the time out of their day to come out because that's hard these days for you to be able to drive somebody to want to get up off the couch with Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, or whatever they're watching to actually put on pants and go outside to a concert where they pay to get in and watch somebody perform. So if somebody's coming to something you're putting on, you you owe them a show, you know, you owe them attention. Exactly. And you owe them appreciation. So, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with it right now. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, a selfishness type of thing for me. Like, I just feel like it's a community. So, you know, like you were saying, if people can turn off Netflix, you know, they could, if they can hit pause on Netflix and chill real quick, and you know that <laughs> I don't even know if people still do that. I'm sure they do, but it's just not it's not as big a thing as it was last year. But you know, if they get a pause on that and you know come check out you know me or you know whoever else is performing, then you know that's that's something to be applauded, that's something to be appreciative of. Yes, yes. So uh that that is huge and uh and Always, always nice as an audience member when a uh, little respect is shown back to you. So I have one more question for you, Nandez. Before we get to that question, though, uh, I got one more time. One more time to tell people where your corner of the internet is, how they can get a hold of you, and uh, where they can find your music. All right, um, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At uh, Nandez Music, that's N as in Nancy, A as in Alpha, N as in Nancy, D as in Dog, E as in Edward, S as in Sam, Music, all spelled the right way. <laughs> um, I'm mostly on Twitter, to be honest, but you know, you connect with me on any one of those platforms and I'll connect back with you. And as far as music goes, um, the best place to find my music right now is probably SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com backslash Nandez Music 2012. All right. That's when I started uploading music on SoundCloud. All right, perfect. And uh, I'll make sure I include those links in the show notes so people can easily uh, easily find you. If you have any more links that you think of, just uh, send them to me, and I'll include those in the show notes as well. So I have... One final question for you, Nandez. It's the title question of the show. 
Nandez, how do you live uncontained? <clears throat> I live uncontained by... Society telling me... Hold on, hold on. You're, you're all crackly again. You're crackly again. Want to want to try it again? Um, you, your answer was just distorted. Okay. All right. I was saying that I live uncontained by staying true to myself and not allowing, you know, what society says a young African-American man from Compton should do or say or be like. You know what I mean? So... You know, for me, it's just, you know, staying true to yourself. And that's what I'm doing. All right. Perfect, man. Can't ask for um, can't ask for more than that. Um, all right. I want to thank you for joining me here on the show tonight on the 44th birthday of hip hop and uh, celebrating it in a uncontained style, I guess. Right. So. Thank you for joining me. I have one final thing for you to do, Nandez. And that is to sign off the show. All right. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, yo, what's up? This is your boy Nandez coming straight out of Compton. And I live uncontained. Yeah. Thanks again for listening, and that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you to Nandez for stopping by. All of his contact information is in the show notes, so you can check out his new CD, Fit Into Social Media Theory. Tracks are available on SoundCloud, but uh, the album actually drops a little bit later on in September. I'll keep you posted on that when that's available for purchase. And make sure you check out the tracks to his new CD on SoundCloud and keep an eye open for it when it drops here later in September. Thank you for listening, and until next time, live uncontained.